There was a universal consensus in the 1990s that if there was a single organization that couldn't be changed, it was the VA. Things have changed. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. William V. Dolan, the chairman of the Department of Surgery at the Carl T. Hayden Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Dr. Dolan, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you. Good to be here. Before we start talking about the VA, explain the difference between the military hospital system and the VA hospital system. The two systems are different. Each is at a cabinet level with the president. One is the Department of Defense, the DOD, and that takes care of all our military personnel and dependents. And from the medical corps standpoint, that includes the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. On the other side is the VA, the Veterans Affairs, which is another cabinet-level position, has its own line of budget, and is under the Secretary for the Department of Veterans Affairs. And that takes care of all veterans, those who have served in the military and are now in civilian life. So there are two separate medical systems. Obviously, they're related, and we work together, but they are two separate systems, and each is a different part of the federal government. There appears to have been some confusion in the press regarding Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Who do they belong to? Walter Reed Army Medical Center belongs to the Army that's part of the DOD, the Department of Defense, and that's one line. The VA is a separate organization, and again, it's important to stress that the controversy or the news coverage that was generated really was focusing on some of the outpatient uh, facilities. One in particular was not in relation to the medical care, which remains very, very good in the military and at Walter Reed. Tell us, who led the transformation of the VA system that began in the mid-1990s? Well, the VA transformation in the 1990s is really a a textbook uh, classic example of case management. Dr. Ken Kaiser was the one that was brought in. I believe he started in about 1994 and really showed that a large federal bureaucracy could be changed for the better, and not only for the better, now has provided the best medical care in the United States, period. What did he do? It was a number of organizational redesigns. I think the three main areas would be the primary care model, performance measures, electronic medical record. So number one is the primary care model, and the VA has done this, I think, very well. Patients go to the primary care physician, primary care provider, and that individual is the one that is the one who guides the therapy, does all the preventive, educational, and basic care areas, and then refers for specialty care. It's an integrated system, and in the VA, since our patients stay with us pretty much full-time, it works very well. So that's the primary care model, number one. The VA's done it superbly well. The second area would be the performance measures. I don't know of any other healthcare organization that measures outcomes and performance measures better than the VA. Uh, we measure both acute and chronic care issues, prevention, uh, other logistical issues like waiting times, things of that type. So every month we go over a, a, a dozens of different performance measures that help us track and make sure we're doing the right thing for the patient. Uh, for example, uh, getting antibiotics uh, at the emergency room with a community-acquired pneumonia. The goal is four hours. So we're tracking, make sure every veteran comes in, community-acquired pneumonia, gets the antibiotics within four hours. Uh, things of that type that really are indicators of the quality of care we're giving and that we're measuring these constantly. 
So that's the performance measures. The third element, I think, that really contributed to the tremendous success of the VA transformation is the electronic medical record. Uh, we've been with the electronic medical record for about seven years now, and I think it's fair to say probably the most sophisticated EHR, electronic health record, in the world. Uh, everything we do is electronic. There's nothing paper. And it's easy to read. It's dated. It's timed. It's clear. You can get it. We can pull up records from veterans. If we're, they're seeing us in Arizona, they come from New York, we can pull them up in a matter of seconds. So the veterans that were, for example, in New Orleans at Katrina, uh, those records were not lost they can just be pulled up in a matter of minutes from a different uh, storage site. And I think the electronic health record has just been a tremendous asset. One particular example that's fascinating is the issue of medication safety, since all the orders go in electronically. And, for example, at the VA, the VA prescription accuracy rate is greater than 99.997%. And that compares to roughly, I believe, 3 to 8% of the nation's prescriptions that have some error that are done on the paper system. So it's, it's almost 100%. But uh, those are some of the benefits of the electronic medical record. So in summary, it's really pretty much primary care model that we're using, the performance measures to monitor the care we give our patients. And thirdly, it's the tool to keep it all together, the glue, if you will, of medical information, the electronic medical record. How is the VA's approach different from the private sector? Our approach really, I think, is based on the words of President Abraham Lincoln caring for him and her who has borne the battle. We take care of our nation's heroes, and our motivation is to give the best care in the world to those who have served us, to those who have put their lives on the line uh, for you and me to keep us free. And it's a different philosophy. The primary care objective, or at least in terms of in the private sector, certainly for profit organizations, is the bottom line, making money. That's not our primary objective. Uh, I know of no other medical system in the country that goes out after the homeless veterans or that goes out after those who have drug problems, alcohol problems, or mental uh, illness problems. The VA has an active program for all of these categories, people with these kinds of difficulties. So I guess our motivation is really one of serving those who have served and certainly finances are important. We try to be good stewards of the resources. We try and do things economically efficiently, but money is not our primary motive. And certainly in the for-profit sector, that is one of the driving, if not the driving force for for-profit organizations. And there's a big difference there, I think, in the approach to the patient. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. William V. Dolan from the Carl T. Hayden Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona, discussing the transformation of the VA. Dr. Dolan, what are the special needs of veterans? Our patients have many of the same needs as everyone else. First of all, many of the veterans we're serving are older. I think they have many more illnesses than the average patient in the private sector. For example, diabetes. I believe our diabetes rates are about double the private sector. And so we have patients with a fairly complex medical background. And For example, from the surgical standpoint, where I come from, we measure a lot of things by the ASA, the American Society of Anesthesia Classification and from uh, one through five, and our patients tend to be generally much sicker based on these scores. So it's an older, uh, more elderly population with more comorbid medical problems. Many of our patients fall into that category. The new issues we're going to be facing are those for the younger veterans coming in, those who have served uh, recently in the military, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, 
those who have served in Iraq, Afghanistan. And one of the big pushes now is to really vigorously jump on to things like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So addressing many of the stress-related problems that veterans are facing when they've been over in these very difficult combat zones in these hostile environments. Another area would be the traumatic brain injury, TBI. And as we know, these diabolical uh, IEDs, improvised explosive devices that are being used in the Middle East are devastating, these blast injuries. We must address these issues as well. So traumatic brain injury for those veterans that have suffered these terrible injuries are also receiving high priority because it is a challenge, and it's a different type of trauma that the average civilian trauma center would be facing. How is the VA dealing with the increasing number of Iraq vets? Well, interestingly, at least at our level in surgery at the VA in Phoenix, we haven't seen large numbers. I think we will be slowly seeing an influx of those who are coming to us for routine care, and as as that... uh, number increases, those leaving the active duty, the Guard or Reserve, there will be uh, increasing the numbers, I believe, in the next five to ten years. At least at our facility in Phoenix, we've not seen a a massive spike in numbers, but I, I expect that to gradually be increasing. How many patients a year does the VA serve? I believe that the figures nationally are roughly about 7 million. At our facility in, in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, we have a responsibility for nearly 70,000 veterans. We're doing almost 600,000 outpatient visits a year, about 9,000 inpatient visits a year. So it's, it's a pretty active service. How much money is allocated for this care? The national figures for, I believe, in 2006 for the VA medical system nationally were approximately $35 billion. Our particular facility receives about $250 million per year. I think a little higher than that, but it gives you some idea of of the numbers involved. How do the costs at the VA compare to the national average? In terms of the per capita cost for health care, that's another incredibly successful story at the VA. The VA is roughly paying about $5,000 per patient per year, and the national average is about $6,300 per capita annually. And that figure hasn't really changed for the last 10 years. So unlike most health care costs, which are rising dramatically every year and are going to be consuming, I believe it's about 14% of our gross domestic product, uh, the VA figures have been pretty much flat the past 10 years. Again, I think this is another tribute to the success of the re-engineering, the reinvention of the VA as providing the best health care in the United States today. Compare the VA's prescription accuracy rate to the national error rate. The VA prescription accuracy with the electronic health record, electronic order entry, is running 99.997% accurate. And the national figures are 3 to 8% of the nation's prescriptions have some type of error. And these are all pretty much on the paper system. So you're crediting the computer system at the VA with that high accuracy rate? Absolutely. This is where the electronic record, electronic order entering has been a, a huge asset to the patients and patient safety. I have to put in a good plug, though, for our many clinical pharmacists. We have excellent support uh, from the clinical pharmacists, and uh, they're, on, they're on top of every prescription like Velcro, just they watch everything, and with the computer, they can do that. So it's a combination of technology, electronic medical record, and the superb 
support services of our clinical pharmacists. What do your satisfaction surveys reveal? Well, we're very pleased with the uh, satisfaction. For about six years in a row now, the VA tops the private sector in terms of overall patient satisfaction. And this comes out of the American Customer Satisfaction Index, where the VA inpatient rated 83% satisfaction to 73% in the private sector, and in the outpatient arena, 80% satisfaction to the VA versus 75% in the private sector. And so, again, the patients are very pleased with the care. The patients keep coming back. In fact, the numbers are increasing. And in terms of return on investment, I don't think there's a better deal in the country for health care than the VA. Dr. Dolan, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. I'm Susan Dolan, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.